that we are proud of and that we are supporting and encouraging you in is huge and important and it has to come from you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Genesis 31, he had an encounter with his father, who he had served for 20 years. And in 20 years of serving his father-in-law, his father-in-law has dealt treacherously with him, changing his wages some 10 different times. And Jacob finally came to the place where he maintained a level of integrity with his father-in-law. He was discovering some things about himself. And he recognized that Laban, his father-in-law, countenance had changed toward him. And it was not going to go well. And so while Laban was away, Jacob said to his wives, Laban's daughters, and the reason he has more than one wife is actually the treachery of Laban. But God used all of Laban's obedience. And he and his wives and all of the children and all of the cattle that God had provided and all of the herds and the sheep and the goats, they escaped. And got a few days head start. Laban came home and recognized that not only was Jacob gone, but his daughters and his grandkids and his ability to produce and do well has been solely Jacob. So he hightailed after him. And after seven days of pursuit, he overtakes Jacob. And they have an encounter. And it's there at that encounter that they make a covenant with one another and they establish a line in the sand. And statements are given back and forth. Finally, Jacob calls Laban out. And in the process of doing so, they draw the line in the sand. And Laban says, in a matter of speaking, he says, Mizpah. He says, God watched you then I can't be watching you. And if you misbehave, may God deal with you. And vice versa, Jacob says to Laban, Mizpah, God watch over you while I can't keep my eyes on you. So Jacob leaves recognizing that there's a line drawn in the sand and it's a line that he cannot cross over because they established, you never cross over this line and I will never cross over that line towards you. So his back is up against the wall. As he's pursuing and following what God had called him to do, he's going home. He's headed from Pan, Pan Aram back to his hometown where his father is and 20 years ago saw his twin brother who sought to take his life. While they're making this excursion home, Jacob sends some messengers ahead. The messengers meet Esau. Hey, your brothers are coming. And Esau says, you tell my brother I'm coming. Now it's interesting, the 400 men that we are given description of, we're not told the totality or the detail of who they are. Extra biblical writings, the oral teaching of the Jews, tell us, and they're now written for us in the Talmud, 
Targumum of the Pentateuch would tell us who these men are. They are warriors, and they are the captains of the army of Israel. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment 400 captains coming. What do you think Jacob is thinking? Jacob's thinking, I am a dead man. I'm dead. I can't go forward or I'll die. I can't go back. Listen, Laban said it this way. He says, it is in my power to do you harm. Jacob understands what that means. I lose my wives and my family and my herd because Laban said, these are my daughters, these are my children, these are my herd. Nevertheless, God last night spoke to me in a dream to say neither good nor evil of you. But I want you to know it's in my power to do you harm. And I'm just not that stupid because God warned me last night. So he knows if I go back across that line, I'm outside of now God's protection, and I'm dead that way. He is literally between a rock and a hard place. Dead if he does, dead if he doesn't. That's a bad deal. And he's terrified. The Bible tells us what he does. He breaks his family up into two companies. He says, Esau gets the one, the other one he takes. Esau takes this one, the other one he takes. Could you imagine trying to separate your family by order of importance? Who's going to go first? Who's going to do? Who's going to die? Who can I afford to lose? What a terrible place to be. But he's trying to figure it out. He's trying to work it out. He's trying to solve the problem. He's trying to solve the problem in and of his own self. And here's what I believe that God wants to show us today. In the believer's life, there are three bodies of water that we must cross. To become a believer, we cross the Red Sea. We become born again. We move out of Egypt, literally into a wilderness. God in the process will begin to remove Egypt out of us. Does that make sense? But we cross over, and that's becoming born again. The next body of water that the believer will cross is moving into the promised land. It's not heaven. It's Jubilee. It's not Jubilee. It's the place of battle. What's the first thing that Joshua does when they cross the Jordan River? They prepare to take Jericho, a fortified city, a walled city. They must depend on the power of God and not their own devices. These, they're not even soldiers. They've been making bricks for 250 years. They don't have weapons. They're brick makers. They don't have a battle plan. You're going to take this promised land of yours. You're going to take this promised land of yours. You know why? Jesus is there. The walls are still up. over all of the fortified cities that have assaulted our lives. Prior to knowing Jesus, we've engaged in all kinds of sinful behaviors. It could be the simplicity
great many of us are right now. We've been growing in Christ. We've been battling. We've been gaining victories in our lives. We've been overcoming sin in our lives. And you are not finding victory. You are, you're, you're born again. You're filled with the Spirit of God. You've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. You're walking in power. You love God. You love Him. And you want nothing more than to serve Him with all your heart. And like Paul, you could identify with what is said in Romans chapter 7. The very thing I want to do, I do not do. The thing that I do not want to do is the very God and we tithe to God and we all of those things it's it's this one area They needed the Ark of the Covenant and the priests by faith to put their foot in the water so that God would heap up the water so that they could cross it on dry land.
knows all, and who loves you in spite of all of that. And he's looking at you. Now then, it goes on to say, Jacob was alone, and a man wrestled with him all night long there at the river Jabbok. The man, Yekoth, at Yevok, who will have the mat, which is known as Yehoshaph. The mat. He wrestled with the man. He is the man. Hosea the prophet, in Hosea chapter 12, write it down and check it. Hosea chapter 12, verses 3 and 4, tell us, give commentary on Genesis chapter 32, and tell us of the battle that's wrestling with God. You see, the scripture says that Jacob prevailed over the man and said, I will not let go of you until you bless me. And in our minds, we get this picture. If the man is who Hosea says he is, the angel of the Lord, God himself, the pre-incarnate Christ, the man, as we know, Jesus. And we think, wait, was Jacob putting Jesus in a headlock and saying, I'm not letting you go until you bless me? I think not. I think not. Hosea tells us what happened. He was defeated. And he came to the end of the battle. He came to the end of himself at Jephthah. I can no longer do this in my own strength. I cannot gain victory. And with weeping, he held on to, if you will, the ankle of the Lord and said, please don't go until you bless me. And the Lord said to Jacob, what is your name? Did the Lord not know his name? Does God is God ever without information? No. God knew his name. But he wanted Jacob to know his name. You see, the last time he was asked, Who are you? He said to his father in Genesis 27. It is your firstborn, Esau. And he tried to get the blessing to himself. He tried to gain the favor of the Father to live in the house of a beautiful woman that had children. Further that the Lord separates and sifts and shrinks the muscle and the sinew, and he's dislocated. You see, he reviewed with God in his prayer prior to the man showing up. In his desperation, he called out to God, Oh, God of my father Abraham and Isaac. And he said, You said, you would do well for me. Thank you, you 
wrapped up 20 years in one sentence. Oh, it's like the days of Elijah. In one sentence, he said, I crossed this river Jabbok with my son. His staff. It's it's a weapon. It's what he uses as a shepherd. It's what he uses to defend. Jacob's staff is like a stick. It's almost like an armpit crutch at the top. How interesting that when God dislocates his hip, he limps, almost now using his staff as a weapon. It goes from being a weapon of his own power to now I'm leaning on the wooden stick to the point in the book of at the end of his life finally gets it. He comes to the end of himself. And God does something miraculous and shows him a type that he was going to have a servant that God called Jacob to lead. But about the first week of his life, the description of Jacob Maybe there was a weapon of our own strength. Maybe we've been in the midst of a battle and we've been wounded. But we need to come upon the first point of Jacob's cross because it's what
with you and you love God and you're loving God more and you want to love God even more, but you find that same thing that you just can't seem to get over. That one thing that you can't seem to get over. That area of hurt. That one thing that you need to cut away away. That one thing that you just can't do. Man, you can count days. You know, one day, two day, five day, ten day, thirty day, ninety day. Boom. company of broken people. And we don't need to try and figure it out. We don't need to try and figure out what's breaking the person next to us. They know it and God knows it. God knows. He sees it all. We're going to do two things. I'm going to invite you. In fact, let's start by standing. That's not easy to do, but let's stand first and then we'll do two things. well with your soul now. I mean, you'd almost be okay if it wasn't for that nagging thing. Maybe Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's complaining. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's fill in the blank. Maybe it's unforgiveness. But it's just Every time you see that person, you're like, you don't want to see them. And there's someone who's in the face. Yeah. 
Press this. Lock. Press this. Press in tight. Come on. Come on, Pastor. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Come on. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Make room. There's all kinds of room. Hallelujah. God to fill every need of those who fill this place up with your peace, that this would be where you have peace that lives and strength and joy and love for one another. And I'm going to discover ongoing difference in the areas of my life. Father, in the name of your son Jesus, we come to the river Jabbok, just like Jacob came. Sandy bones on the side of the river. He was not alone. You were there. You were there. You heard his cry. And you came in response. And the very thing that he wanted, God, you gave what his real need was. Death to himself. Death to his ability, death to the leaning on his own strength. He needed you. He needed you always. He needed Jehovah. He needed Yahweh. He needed Elohim, the God who can. He needed El Shaddai, our supplier. Oh God, for these who say, I want over the tributary Jabbok. I've striven with God. I've tried to do it on my own. And I'm stunned in my own strength. And I just want God and His strength. Oh God, will you meet? And Lord, may they sense your presence even now. The God who changes our name from Dave Morris or whatever their name is to Israel, governed by God, governed by God, revealed ourselves with weeping in our hearts, weeping in our eyes. We cry out, oh, God, bless. God, will you bless and fill these earthen vessels afresh and new. Oh, Spirit of God, empower from on high that we might be effectual witnesses unto Jesus Christ for your glory and for your name's sake, both publicly and privately. Oh, that we would have the victory and walk in the newness that you have. Oh, God, thank you that you are the God of second chances. And you look at us and you say, like you did to Adam in the garden, Adam, where are you? Not, I don't know where you are, but Adam, do you know where you are? You said to Jacob, who are you? I know who you are. Do you know who you are? And Jacob, at the end of himself, said, I do. I do know who. I am not Esau. I cannot get the blessings of God through deceptive living. I must come and say in confession, I am broken. Oh God, we say we are broken. Transforming. Renew us. Rename us this day. Fill us, Holy Spirit, with your power. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. All God's people said a strong amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to challenge you to walk in Him in every area and to always take the way of escape. Every temptation that we face 
is common to man. No matter what your temptation is, it's common to man. God is faithful. He always, say that with me, always provides the way of escape. Our opportunity is to take it. It's to take it. Will you walk in it today? Amen? Amen. I'm going to invite you. First, let's give the Lord a clap and say, thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to invite you to make your way back to your seat, and we're going to share in communion together this morning. We're going to feast at the Lord's table together, giving thanks to our God and Father, giving thanks to Jesus Christ the Son, and giving thanks to God the Spirit. Thank you. 
uh, email address is in the program, matt at hcsclasses.com. We want to throw your name up on the board. We have gifts for you. So if you are graduating any level of school, email me your name. Email me uh, what you're graduating from. We have a gift for you. We'd love to throw your name up on the board. So with that being said, I think that just closes us with music as you guys are making your way out.